Dubai this year. The Lord led me to do the first Sunday night of the Lord's Supper. And uh, tonight I want to, uh, tonight I want to preach in that regard out of an Old Testament passage. You say, preacher, are you going to tell me you can find the Lord's Supper uh, in an Old Testament passage? Well, I don't know. Well, I, I, I know I can't give you the Lord's Supper in an Old Testament passage, but I can give you a close comparison in an Old Testament passage. Uh, a parallel supper, a parallel dinner that runs pretty alongside the Lord's Supper, uh, and, and I want to look at that tonight. First uh, Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, now this is Paul, he's teaching the church at Corinth, he said, I received, and what I've received I've delivered to you, uh, uh, that on the same night, and he goes back to Matthew's account of the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, Mark's account, and uh, Luke's account. Uh, three Gospels give us the account, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, of the Last Supper that took place on Passover. Um, I, uh, Paul said, I have delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Uh, Lord, would you help us tonight, please? I pray, God, that you'd uh, minister in our hearts, speak to us, help us. Lord, uh, honor your word, honor this, uh, uh, Lord, this ordinance of the church. We know you will, you always have. And we know you'll honor your word, you always have. And uh, Lord, thank you tonight. Touch your people. God, maybe there's one lost. I pray you'd save them tonight. God, and put them in the body of Christ, the family of God. Lord, we pray, please. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians references uh, the Last Supper that was partaken of by Jesus and his disciples uh, right before uh, he went to the cross of Calvary. I personally believe tonight uh, that uh, it was on the Passover. Uh, the Jewish day began in our evening. It began in their evening, rather. Uh, their day began in the evening time. Uh, and uh, uh, around dark, Jesus uh, has been, uh, uh, is about to be betrayed by Judas. It's dark now, and in them dark hours, uh, all of Israel uh, are partaking of this feast of the Passover lamb. Uh, and on this night, the Lord Jesus gathers his disciples. They gather together in this upper room, this great room that he has had prepared by his disciples. It's furnished. They're ready for this meal. And the Lord Jesus sits down at dinner with them and he sups with them and he eats with them and he reveals to them that this is the last time I'll do this until I come again. Uh, and it is called the Last Supper for that reason. It's the Lord's Last Supper uh, as he sat down in just a few hours, just a few moments, Judas is gonna go out. He's gonna betray Jesus. 
Uh, he's go, Jesus is going to be arrested. Uh, he's going to be brought into Pilate's court. Uh, and the court case is going to go against him, and Pilate's going to say, "I find no fault in him." And the car, or the uh, the the company of people gathered around are going to say, "Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him!" And somewhere uh, by morning, Jesus is going to be on the cross, and he's going to be the Passover lamb. Uh, that dies on Passover. Isn't that amazing this morning or this evening uh, that, that, that the lamb was slain on Passover and our lamb was slain also on the Jewish Passover? Only God could do that. As a matter of fact, there was nothing like that uh, that was to take place according to Israel. Uh, sacrifice was not to be made uh, uh, or not sacrifice, but uh, uh, judgment was not to be made uh, on the Passover. Uh, uh, they, if Israel had their way, uh, the criminals would have to wait till after the Passover to be crucified. Uh, but God uh, superseded the Jewish law uh, and made sure that his lamb was crucified on the Passover uh, meal and feast. Uh, Paul is referencing that in Matthew's gospel. In Matthew's gospel, uh, Matthew puts this uh, last supper uh, at the Passover. Mark's gospel puts this last supper at the Passover. Luke's gospel puts this last supper at the Passover. Uh, so I, I thought it interesting tonight uh, that all three accounts, uh, and of course we didn't need three, we just need the Bible to say it one time and we believe it, but the Bible gave us three witnesses uh, that Jesus is partaking of the Lord's Supper on the Last Supper uh, uh, or on the Passover. And so in doing so, uh, we have uh, the Lord's Supper that we partake of uh, referencing the Last Supper of the Lord Jesus in connection to the Passover of the nation of Israel. Do you see that connection? Uh, from, the, from, from the Lord's Supper that we're about to partake of, uh, Paul references the Last Supper uh, of the Lord Jesus with his disciples that took place on the Passover uh, that goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 12 uh, and is instituted uh, in the, in the nation of Israel as an ordinance and a feast uh, for the nation of Israel. Uh, I want you to flip over tonight to Exodus chapter number 12 this evening. And uh, we're gonna look at the Passover. Uh, and what, and we're not gonna be able to get nowhere near uh, uh, as far uh, as we could go into it this evening. We're just gonna scratch the surface of a few things. I'll give you a few verses and we'll... We'll partake of the Lord's Supper in just a moment tonight. But I want you to notice some of the comparisons, at least, of the Passover and the Lord's Supper that we partake of tonight uh, and, and do often. Um, Exodus chapter 12, let's, let's read. I want to read about 14 verses out of this text to you this evening. All right, y'all good? Exodus chapter number 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb 
according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, I, I always like that because you never find that the lamb is too little for the house. I don't care how big your house is, there's enough lamb to go around. Your house may be too little and you may, your neighbor may be able to get in on some of your lamb, but your, your house is never too big and the lamb's never too little. I guess I can say it to you like this tonight. There's not a sinner that Jesus can't save. There's not a man or a woman that God can't redeem. There's enough lamb to go around to everybody who wants them. The household be too little for the lamb. Let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it, um, and, and I'll, I'll just make mention of this as well. The lamb uh, is a type of the Lord Jesus, and the lamb is to be without blemish. Uh, I'd say the lamb, according to scripture, was to be perfect. No fault, no blemish. Uh, I, I know a lamb who fits that bill tonight. He is the spotless, perfect lamb of God. Uh, he is perfect. A male without blemish of the first year. Uh, of the first year. You say, well, what does that mean? He's in his prime. Not only is he perfect, but he's a lamb in his prime. He's not too young that he hadn't lived, and he's not too old that he's ready to die, but he's right in his prime. I know a lamb who died right in his prime. About 33 years old he was when he died. In, his, in the strength of his life, he laid down his life. You shall take it from out, or you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. They shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door uh, posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden it all with water but roast it with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning and that which remaineth of it unto the morning you shall burn with fire. And this, and thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You say, preacher, what in the world does all that mean? When you partake of the lamb, be ready to go. When you partake of the lamb, it's almost moving time. Uh, God save me and I've been ready to go ever since. I don't know when the trumpet's gonna sound, but he clothed me in his righteousness, and I'm ready to leave at any time. Hallelujah to God. Your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, Against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment 
I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land. Verse 14 will be our final verse tonight that we'll read for right now. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. I don't want you to do this just once. This is not the last time that you're gonna do this. This day shall be unto you for a memorial and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. The next several verses he goes into uh, what this feast is supposed to look like. We may look at that next month. Uh, what's supposed to take place uh, in this time of the Lord's or the uh, Passover. Uh, let, me, let me take a few minutes tonight uh, and, and talk to you about what this Passover signified and what it did. Uh, if you remember, uh, Israel has been in Egypt. I, I should have looked it up before I come over here. I always forget that number. But I think, I believe it's 420 years or 460 years, something like that, that they've lived in Egyptian bondage uh, in Egypt. Uh, they came over as a family. Uh, the family of Israel uh, uh, comes over and it's just a family. Uh, by the time they leave, they are a nation. Uh, I read behind someone who said this, that's exactly how you get a nation uh, by families. And if you want a strong nation, uh, you better build some strong families. And that's the problem tonight. That's why there's such an attack and an assault on the families uh, because if you're gonna take down a nation, you'll take it down family by family by family. You'll take down the fabric of society by distorting and ruining uh, the family uh, as God ordained it and saw fit to place it uh, in this world. Uh, I still believe tonight that a family uh, uh, may have multiple members, uh, uh, but there's a man and a woman uh, and children, uh, uh, and that man uh, and woman uh, in the family that God, the, the, the Adam and Eve, he placed that family, and a, a home needs a father, and a home needs a mother, and children uh, need fathers and mothers. Uh, we've watched society fall uh, at the hand of the fall of the family. Are you hearing me tonight? Uh, we, we, uh, I, I, I watched or I, I, I read uh, and, and one man said uh, that they came uh, in as a family, they become a nation, but if God's going to deliver them out of Egyptian bondage, he's gonna do it family by family. Notice he said, you bring the, uh, your families together and there'll be a, a, a lamb in the house for the family. And, and, and that's how it works. Uh, in order to break down a nation, uh, you're gonna have to uh, destroy the family. But if you wanna build a nation, uh, you're gonna have to build uh, the family uh, and the families that are individual. Uh, Israel are coming out of Egypt. Uh, they've been in bondage for over 400 years They've been slaves. They've built bricks uh, for the Egyptians. And now God is bringing an exodus in their life. Uh, he's going, that's why we have the book of Exodus. It really is an exit uh, out of Egypt. It gives the account of the exit 
out of Egypt. Uh, your salvation was an exodus. God brought you out of this world when, you saved, when he saved you. Uh, the second coming is an exodus. I'm getting ready to leave this world. He brings them out of Egyptian bondage and here's how he does it. He said, uh, I'm going to, uh, and, 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 and Pharaoh has hardened his heart. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Pharaoh has hardened his heart. Uh, he has uh, turned Israel down, said, I'm never gonna let you go. You're not going out of the land. God sends nine judgments on the land of uh, Egypt and all nine of them, uh, Pharaoh hardens his heart and he says, no way, you're not leaving this land. I'm not gonna allow that. And God says, I've got one more judgment and it'll work. Uh, and that last 10th judgment was the judgment of the death of the firstborn of all of the land. You say, preacher, why would God take the life of the firstborn son or child of all of the land? Uh, I'll tell you simply tonight, uh, that was not God's intent. Had Pharaoh not hardened his heart, uh, then they would not have been in that situation. You want to play around with sin? Uh, uh, then understand God has every right to judge. And, and even in God's judgment, he said, but here's what I want you to do. If you'll get a hold of the blood, if you'll get a hold of the lamb, I'll pass over your home. And the reason why men go to hell is not because God's mean. The reason why men go to hell is not because God is unjust. The reason why men go to hell is they don't hear God's warning, they don't heed God's warning, Morning, uh, and they will not accept the grace of God that says I have provided a way out through the blood of the Lamb of God. I want to tell you this evening, uh, I deserved hell as much as anyone. Uh, I was on my way there. Uh, the reason I got out was not because of my goodness or my race or my nation or my affiliation with church. I got out because of the blood that was applied to my heart. It is the blood that saves from sin. God said, I'm gonna send judgment. Pharaoh's heart in his heart. He won't let y'all out. I'm gonna send judgment. Here's the 10th and final judgment, the death of the firstborn of the land. But here's what I want you to do. If you want to escape that judgment, I've made provision. If you want to escape that judgment, I've made a way out. I'm glad I found the way out tonight. God revealed it. He didn't make it hard for you to find. He published it. Uh, he's preached it. He's given it. Uh, you can get out if you want to. You can get out of judgment if you want to tonight. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a lamb. I want you to get a spotless lamb, a lamb without spot, a lamb without blemish, a lamb that is perfect, a lamb that is in its prime. And I want you to take that lamb. I want you to sacrifice that lamb, a lamb for a family, a lamb for a house. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the blood of that lamb. There's a lot of preaching in here. I won't be able to preach all of it tonight. But I want you to take the blood of that lamb and I want you to go to the, I want you to go to the door and, and, and I want you to take the blood. I want you to take the hyssop and dip it in the blood and I want you to put that blood on the doorposts of the home and the lentils of the home. And when you put that blood on the door, the death angel is going to pass by this night. 
I'm about to get you out of Egypt, but before we're gonna have to deal with your sin and your disobedience and, and, and without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And so we're gonna put the blood on the doorposts and the lentils of the house. Do you realize what happens when there's blood on the door? When you walk through that door, there's blood up above you. When you walk through that door, there's blood that's dripped down beneath you. And there's blood on the side. There's blood all around surrounding that family as they go in that door. He said the death angel's gonna pass by. He's coming to kill. He's coming to kill the children of the nation of Israel because of judgment. He's coming to take their life Judgment is coming, or the nation of Egypt rather. Judgment's coming, but when the judgment comes, it'll not just be Egypt that'll receive the judgment, it'll be Israel that'll receive the judgment. And that the death angel's coming, and there's no way out. There is no escape except one way. I must see the blood. But when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They put that blood and it was all over and all around and he said that lamb's so good, not only will it cover the outside, but I want you to roast it and I want you to eat it. It'll be on the inside. I'm glad, thank God, I'm covered by the blood tonight. I'm glad, thank God, Jesus is not just on me, he's in me, he's with me. I'm in him and he's in me tonight. That night, Families gathered in their home. <laughs> Judgment's coming, death is coming, hell is moving, thunder is quaking as lightning strikes, fear and darkness. They've experienced nine. You think COVID was bad. You should have lived in Egypt in the nine pestilence that God sent as judgment. Blood, water, water turned to blood, flies, frogs, death, and so on. And here they are, they've entered into their homes. It was the blood that made atonement. It was faith that applied it. The blood was what made atonement, but it took faith to take the blood of the lamb dip the hyssop brush in it and put it on the doorpost. You say, preacher, how'd I get saved? Was it by the blood? Yes, it was. Preacher, how'd I get saved? Was it by faith? Yes, it was. Jesus provided the blood and thank God I gave, I, uh, uh, Jesus provided the blood and he even provides the faith for you to believe if you'll receive it. By faith, we apply that blood to our heart when we call out to him. That night, the death angel passed over. All the firstborn of Israel were killed in judgment. But every home that had that blood applied, every home that had that blood applied to their home were safe from the judgment that was coming. I'm trying to hurry tonight. I'm really just teaching tonight. But I want you to know this evening, there's a day judgment's coming. You're not gonna get around it because you're an American. You're not gonna get around it because of your skin color. You're not gonna get around it because you're a member of Crossroads Baptist Church. If you get around it, it'll be because the blood of Jesus has been applied to your heart and 
to your life by faith and you belong to him and he belongs to you. And that Passover in Egypt was a picture of the Passover lamb that was to come in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a type. Jesus is not a type of it. It is a type of Jesus. Do you see that tonight? Passed over and they lived. The old songwriter said, One dark night in Egypt, a fearful time had come for one little Hebrew boy who was his father's firstborn son. I never remember songs. I do when I start singing them. He said, son, now don't you worry, for the blood is there to stay. The winds may blow, the rains may fall, but it won't just wash away. How does it go? It's been applied with loving care, safe, secure. You can rest assured that the blood is still there. One of these days I'll learn that song, I'll sing it to you. When Jesus shows up in Matthew, Mark, and Luke and he sits down on this Passover night, Israel don't understand right now, but they will one day understand that the lamb had showed up at Passover. I'm not talking about a I'm not talking about a little lamb in a farm field. I'm talking about the lamb. The lamb John talked about in John chapter one said, behold, the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold, the lamb of God. Uh, He is that lamb that showed up uh, in Mark's gospel, Matthew's gospel, and Luke's gospel uh, right before Calvary to be slain as uh, the spotless lamb of God. So here's what happens. And I'll be brief and be done. God tells Moses, now because of what I've done, I brought you out by the blood. Here's what I want you to do. I want you once a year, hear me now, once a year to hold the Passover feast. And along with it was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It all went right there together. I want you to hold the feast or the Passover feast every year as a reminder of what I've done. And Israel understood from that time on they had the Passover feast as a reminder of what God done. God said, I did this. Now I want to give you a meal to celebrate it and to recognize it and to remember it. That sounds like something we do. Because, notice, not for what you've done 
are you doing this? Not so that you can earn something are you doing this, but because of what I've done, I've given you a feast of remembrance. And on this side of Calvary, not so you can pay penance, not so you can get in the family of God, but because of what I've done, I'm giving you a meal, a feast, as a way of reminder of all I've done for you. I know the Passover is not the same as the Lord's Supper, but my goodness, they sure do run. It almost seemed like the the, the Passover was for Old Testament Israel under an Old Testament economy that would look forward to the coming Messiah, whether they realize it or not. As a reminder, there's a lamb coming and he'll take away your sin. The New Testament Lord's Supper is a reminder there's a lamb that's come and he come to take away your sin. And if you call on him, he'll save you to the uttermost. Why did God want to bring them in remembrance? And notice, this as oft as you do, doing remembrance. Isn't that what we're told in the Lord's Supper? Do, as oft as you do, do it in remembrance. Of what? Three things quickly. The Passover feast was to be, number one, a reminder of their past. A reminder of their past. Now, this first time they partook of the Passover, they were coming out of Egypt. But next year, they were to partake of the Passover as a memorial, as an ordinance to remember it was a year ago when on this night, we come out of Egypt by the blood of a lamb. And every year that went by, are you seeing this? That they partook of that Passover, they took a little trip down memory lane and said, I used to not do this. This is not what we used to do in our old life. But one night, the Lord showed up with deliverance. One night, the Lord walked into my life with salvation. And ever since then, I've been being reminded I'm not what I once was. I'm not where I once was. I'm not who I once was. They were to take the feast of the Passover as a reminder of their past and say we were slaves and bondsmen in Egypt, but God provided a way out. Tonight when you take the Lord's Supper, somebody ought to shout amen. You ought to be reminded, but for the blood I'd be a slave and a bondsman to this world, living at the will of the devil on my way to hell, but the blood has been applied salvation Salvation has been offered and I'm free to the glory of God. It's a reminder of their past. Something interesting. Several things change on this day. But I'll give you three of them quickly. Chapter 12, verse number one. The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. God changed their calendar when he brought them out of Egypt. You say, what in the world does that have to do with anything? God changed their calendar when he brought them out of Egypt. 
They were operating on a different time frame, operating on a different calendar. And God said, what I'm about to do is going to be so great. I'm going to change your calendar. And your year is going to start on this day. And your, every time your year rolls around, you're going to have a feast of pass, a Passover feast and be reminded of where I brought you. But I'm changing your calendar. As a matter of fact, they could probably do something like this. They could talk about pre-Passover and post-Passover. <laughs> what do you mean pre? Are my, some of y'all, I look like y'all look, I'm boring you to death. Am I? Are y'all all right? I mean, I'm having fun preaching, so I mean, y'all gonna have to, I mean, just all of you gonna have to get together in boredom and then I'll get the hint or just, just help me out. Almost as if you could say, Y'all remember what it was like before? Now look at life after. Does anybody have a change of calendar when the Lord saved you? Pre-Christ, post-Christ. Before Jesus, after Jesus. As a matter of fact, when Jesus died on the cross, did you know that he separated and he, and he put a separation in the calendars of this world? And that's why we say A-B, or A-D and B-C. Before Christ and a dominion in the year of our Lord. When Jesus showed up, he divided the calendar. Everything is measured before Jesus got here and after Jesus got here. Sounds to me like what happens in the life of a Christian. It is before Jesus got here. And I, we stand up and testify before I got saved, before I was born again, before Jesus came into my heart. But now let me tell you, there's joy since he came into my heart. Change their calendar. I'm talking about when they take the feast of this Passover, they remember this is not how it used to be. Not only to do that, but change their crowd. They've been slaves in Egypt, and the only crowd they run around with was people in the shape just as bad as them, and Egyptian bondsmen, slaveholders. And the Bible says uses the word congregation. It's the first time in your Bible the word congregation is ever mentioned right here in Exodus chapter 12. Very first time. I preached a message on this a few years ago. It was the very first time congregation is mentioned in your Bible. Uh, congregation. Boys, I don't tell y'all something sitting up here on the front row, young men and preachers. It would do you good to get a notebook and an ink pen and men give their life to studying the word of God, you write down so you don't have to dig as hard because somebody's already laid it out there for you. Especially if you're going to be a preacher. Uh, if somebody's going to study, I ought to write down what they're going to say so I can take it with me and chew on it. Anyway, that's free. Ah, <laughs> uh, First time you ever see the word congregation mentioned. Exodus chapter 12. Every time you see it, it is in connection with people worshiping. Every time you see it, it is in connection with people. And it even has a connection with the New Testament word, assembly. You know what we're called? An assembly. Anybody ever heard the church called a congregation? 
the world keeps company, but we're a congregation. We are an assembly. Not only did this Passover change their calendar, but it changed their crowd, made them a part of an assembly of people who worship the Lord. And every time they sat down at the feast of the Passover to receive this Passover feast, they were reminded, I used to be a slave, now I'm in a congregation. I used to be on the outside, now I am a part of an assembly of born again believers tonight when we take the Lord's Supper you ought to be reminded because of the blood I'm a part of this assembly because of the blood I'm a part of this congregation I've got a new crowd who I used to be it's not who I am now the crowd I run with is no longer my crowd there's no telling where I'd be but by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus I'm in the house of God in the assembly in the congregation of the righteous it changed their country Egypt was their home, not anymore. God said, come out, I got a better world for you. Did anybody experience a country change? When the Lord, I know we're still, I know we're still living down here, but this world is not my home. It is not where I belong. You know why? Because of the blood that's been applied. And he said, every year I want you to be reminded so that you don't forget your past. I wonder tonight if the Lord's Supper has got anything to do with remembering, reminding. Well, if it does, let's do as often as you do in remembrance of me. We're going to take the Lord's Supper in a moment. And when we do, let's be reminded of our past. Secondly, quickly. It was a reminder of their present. No longer a slave, no longer an outcast, no longer a bondsman, but living in the goodness of the Lord. I won't preach it tonight, but as they took of the Passover feast, it was to be a reminder, I'm in a new world. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It is not only where I come from, but look what God has done. I feel like I'm losing y'all. Look what God has done. Not just look where I come from, not just look where he found me, but look where he's brought me. How did you get here? Paul said it like this, I am what I am by the grace of God. How did you arrive to this place? I don't know. One day the blood was applied. I believed it by faith. And look what God has. As a matter of fact, one of these days I'm headed to my final destination with the Lord in eternity and I'll not be going there because of who I am or what I've done, but it'll be because of the blood of the Lamb of God. Every good place God ever brought them, every blessing God ever gave them could be accredited to the day that the blood was applied to the doorposts of their home and to the heart of their lives. Every good
could say it was not like that before, but thank God for the blood. Thank God for the goodness of God now because of them. And there's a reminder not only of their past, but of their present. It's pretty good to be saved tonight, ain't it? I think when we take of the Lord's Supper in just a moment, I want to take a trip down memory lane say, Lord, look where you brought me. But I don't want to just stay back there. But I'd like to look around a little while tonight and say, but look where I am now. Boy, you've been good to me. You've blessed me beyond measure. I'm saved, clothed, and in my right mind. God, you've given me a family, a life worth living. What is it, preacher, that made the difference? Only thing I can say, it must have been the blood that made the difference in my life was blood. Third, tonight we'll quit. This feast of, Passover feast is a, it is a uh, reminder of their past, it is a reminder of their present, and it is a reminder of their promise. It is a type, a type of something. A type is a, a, a mold. Uh, it, it, it is a shadow. A type is not the real thing, but it is a picture of something. I've got a watch, not this one. This one works. But I've got a watch that says Rolex on it. It looks like one from a distance. I bought it in a foreign country. It says Rolex. Uh, it looks good. It don't work. Every time I put it on, something else falls off of it. I quit putting it on. It looks like the real thing but it's just a picture and it's not a good picture of the real thing. I got a feeling the real ones don't fall apart like that one. I'll probably never know. It is a type. This Passover lamb was a type of a lamb that was to come. A promised Messiah that was on the way. As a matter of fact, he was prophesied all throughout scripture. Isaiah chapter number 53. I'm nearly done preaching. I got two or three verses tonight. Isaiah chapter 53, verse number four. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. So he opened not his mouth. Isaiah said there's a lamb coming. He's going to be brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And he's going to let them crucify him. 
because he is the atonement. He is the fulfillment of the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb was temporary. The Passover lamb was for a moment. The Passover lamb was for a little while. It was a time that always said, look ahead, there's another one coming. There was a prophecy in Genesis that said Adam and Eve, that the, that the head of the serpent would bruise the heel of the seed of Eve, but that that head or that heel of the seed would bruise the head of the serpent, and 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 there was a promised Messiah coming all the way from the beginning, and the Passover Lamb is a picture that said, "Y'all be waiting, y'all look ahead. He's on the way." Isaiah said he's coming. Malachi said he's coming. Micah said he's coming. The Old Testament prophets said there's one coming. He's on his way. He'll be here in a while. Jesus is that promised Messiah. And every time they partook of the Passover feast, they were to be reminded there's another one coming. We take the Lord's Supper and we're reminded of our past. We're reminded of our present. But we're reminded of our promise. And ours is twofold. What is it? He's not coming. He is, but he's, he came. He came. He's been here 2,000 years ago. Passover, he became the Passover lamb, the perfect Passover lamb, the spotless Passover lamb, died in my stead, died in my place, paid my sin debt, washed me in his blood. He's already been here. I'm believing his promise. Isn't it good tonight to be saved in the family of God believing his promise? But Jesus said, and Paul said, he quotes, this dude remembers of me, Till I come. Not only did he come, but he's coming. And every time we take of the Lord's Supper, Israel took of the feast of Passover and said there's one coming whether they realized it or not, but we realize it. And every time we take of the Lord's Supper, we say we've been doing this since he left and we're gonna be doing it till he gets here. And if I leave this earth, somebody's coming behind me and they'll be doing this till he gets here. Uh, for 2,000 years since Jesus has been gone, the church has been gathering together and saying he's been here, that's why we're doing this. And he's coming back, that's why we're doing this. And keep on doing it till he gets here. Keep on doing it till he gets here. And I say tonight as we pretend take of the Lord's Supper. He's been here. That's why we do it. He made a change. That's why he said it. That's why we do it. But he's coming again and we're going to keep on doing it until he gets here because he's coming. He promised. Passover is a type of the Lord Jesus that causes Old Testament Israel to look ahead. The Lord's Supper is an ordinance, the Lord Jesus, that causes the New Testament church to look back and say, and both of them are revolved around Jesus. Come to the piano. I need you to see this and I'm done. 
Jesus is the focal point of the Old Testament Passover. Hey, Israel, there's one coming. He's greater than this. There's one coming. He can do what this lamb can't do. He's better. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. He's better. He's the focal point of Israel's promise. To the church, we look back at the same Jesus. Oh, my. Well, we've been on this earth about 6,000 years. I know the scientists don't believe that. They got us billions and billions and billions of years ago because nobody can count that far. I'd like to know how they got there, but they got there. How far can you count? Oh, about 10 million. All right, let's triple that by about 15 million bazillion and then we'll go that far. Nobody can get that far. And then we'll say that's where we started because you can't go there. About 6,000 years ago, they started looking ahead at one man in the middle. Y'all gonna have to help me now. There's one man in the middle. He's in the middle of time. He's in the middle of two thieves. He's in the middle of heaven and hell. He's in the middle between me and you and God. He is the mediator, the man in the middle. There's a man in the middle. He's gonna split time. All y'all in the Old Testament, look ahead by faith. He's up there, and when you get there, he's gonna do for you what no one else could do. And all of y'all after that man in the middle, turn around and look back. He's back there. He changed time. He changed your life. He changed the world, that man in the middle. And he didn't stay there. He's seated on the throne. And he's a coming back, hallelujah to God. He's coming back for me, he's coming back for you. And when you partake of the Lord's Supper, I know it's a solemn time, I know it's a holy time, but in the depths of your heart you ought to worship that you met the man in the middle, you met the Passover lamb, your sins are gone, your past is changed, your presence is, uh, your present it is in the presence of God and your future is bright. Because who he is. Lord, help us now. Thank you. In Christ's name, she's going to sing.